Hello, welcome to the next episode of the Pizzeria and Enzo Show. Today is a catch-up episode on the digital supply chain with Doug Greathouse. Doug and I are catching up after many years after he moved away from the low country. He is now the founder of salesite.com and we're just going to jump right into the conversation without introduction. Cheers and I hope you enjoy. So uh, anyway, well, let's, let's catch up now. It yes. is recording. So if we do say anything cool, we've got it. Well, that's um, probably going to happen. At least you're going to say something cool, at least. I know you will. I know you will. My <laughs> dreams don't work unless you do. I love that. You, you, got, you have like a very good backdrop there. I, I like yeah. it. I like I've it. been tr- really trying to plug. Um, this is uh, the sign that I got Etsy. This is uh, made by a woman named Unique Crafts by Jen. Um, and then I said... Hey, Jen, can you make me another sign with my logo, only reverse it to where it's black on white? Um, but yeah, and she did. And um, I recommend her out to everybody. She's a, I think she's a Cuban immigrant. Um, nice. Uh, in my, in, she's in Miami. Um, and she started a business. Uh, and she's like, these, these are like, Eh, they're okay. You look at some of her other signs that she made because these are my logos, right? But you look yeah, at some sure. of the other other businesses that she's done signs for, like med spas and nice. restaurants and things. It's just like, wow, this woman. Yeah, it, they're coming to her with the art, but the way that she puts it in a sign, it's just really good. So that is it. It is difficult to find the a person that when you say words to them they translate that into what you want. Yep. Yep. And, and there's, there's a lot of times there's, it's either on one end or the other, either you're not communicating clearly enough to them or they're not receiving it clearly. Right. It, it go it goes both ways. I am tracking. I am tracking on that. <laughs> well, oftentimes when we talk to people, even though we know their name, we don't really know who they are. We don't know their background. We don't know what's going on in their life. We really know very, very little about the person. And the name is just a placeholder for that person's face for us. Mm. Mm. So the, the idea came from a plane trip the very next month. And I'm, I'm finishing on that part. A plane trip where I was uh, sitting next to a fella on a plane we struck up a little bit of a conversation and at the end of it, this is coming from, it's only important because it's contextual. We were coming from, from Dallas to Atlanta, uh, forgive me, from Houston to Atlanta. And at the end of it, I thought, gosh, if only I could have recorded that conversation because he was such an interesting guy and was in the food business. So the pizza and Enzo show is that concept. Um, I, I know one thing, about you that makes us like-minded and just based on some of the things that you said is relationships, right? Um, if, if you follow, like in my group, uh, everybody that talks to me knows how important relationships are to me now, as far as business relationships being the foundation of business and what you're doing is exactly that relationship relationships, the foundation of business of this, but a big company in the upstate uh, has been slow opening stores because the tables and chairs that they chose have small little footings, I guess you would call them, at the bottom that have been on back order because of the supply chain. 
and they can't open a restaurant simply because they don't have the footing on the chairs wow. in the restaurant. So that took it out of the food business. It took it into the actual, I guess you would call it equipment and supplies, Doug. Yeah. The, the, the correlate that I think we can take from that is in the marketing world, in the world of entrepreneurs, in the, in, in the world of, uh, uh, I'm going to call it marketing and sales, meaning capital M marketing and the lowercase marketing sales. I wonder if, if you can think of anything that would be a supply chain, not necessarily a physical supply chain, but maybe a creative supply chain. There, there, the there's not a lot of physical deliverables mm-hmm. in what we do, right? Um, so if anything would be a supply chain type issue, it'd be, it would be in digital assets, right? Okay. Um, and that would, and the only way that that becomes, that there becomes a stopgap, like that it, that it gets put on hold is, is creative things that we need, like, photos, things, et cetera. Like if you're building a restaurant website, we need things from the restaurant for to complete the website, right? We need the photos. We need information about the restaurant, et cetera, because we don't know what we don't know. Um, so there's that kind of supply chain kind of slowing progress, mm-hmm. maybe in unskilled workers on our end, right? Maybe there's someone that's not up to speed as to how like some people can get the websites done quickly, very mm-hmm. nicely done and done quickly, whereas others kind of struggle, right? So Got it. there was an incident that happened marketing wise that a friend of mine opening a restaurant uh, had all of their assets, all of the marketing, everything, pictures, everything was there. And the marketer published the soft open date on all their social rather than the, the concrete open date. So they had friends and family and everyone else in the whole town showed up And they were expecting friends and family for that. So, uh, and that, that was obviously an easy mistake to make, but it also seems like marketing has a lot of like, not checks and balances, Doug, but more like this needs to be done by this time to do this. We need to have this by this time. Is that, is that, yes. So, so what we could dive into are what are like from a, from a digital agency's standpoint, what are the standard, do you have standard operating procedures? Like if I was a restaurant coming to a digital marketing agency, like what are your standard operating procedures around these deliverables? Right. Um, If they say, well, we just kind of wing it or, you know, or kind of (laughs) skirt around the issue, then you kind of know that you might be in for some trouble. Right. Um, so, so there, there's that, um, because good deal. Systems, Do you work with any restaurants or food businesses now? No. See, it's it's also very so weird. I think we froze. Frozen. Am I frozen? There you are. Now you're moving. All right. Um, <laughs> like that was like Max Headroom. <laughs> so, so, um, kind of give you an uh, a window into the transition that I've made um, with my business. I worked with a lot of brick and mortars. Um, for the first 10 plus years um, of the agency. Um, anywhere from dentists, chiropractors, contractors, restaurants, uh, did not niche down. I found that I had a really good network in the online space. I could really help online entrepreneurs scale their business. And it was much easier to help them scale than it is even a brick and, a brick and mortar because there's a lot of personalities often. There's a lot of moving parts in a brick and mortar. You're often talking to more than one person. Whereas with a online company or help, it's, it's much more fluid. It, it, things happen much more quickly. Um, there's usually less red tape, less people trying to make a decision on something. 
So in the last, I say all that to say this, in the last two and a half years, I switched to helping coaches, consultants, and online entrepreneurs, um, whether that's be e-commerce, coaches and consultants, as I said, or info products, et cetera, um, because I've always had a, a good network ever since I started. I should have started there, but um, I started brick and mortar and got comfortable and was doing well there. But since I've changed to the online space more, so. Do you find that people in the online space are more eager to communicate online rather than a brick and mortar company where you are always hoping someone will answer an email within 24 to 48 days rather than someone that's an online person? Does that help your business accelerate when someone is capable of communicating online, Doug? Very, very much so. Um, communication is expedited. Uh, it's just, it's, it's where you both operate, right? Like we operate as an agency in the digital world more than we do in, even in the physical world. So it's, it's just normal for online entrepreneurs to do, get on a Zoom call, um, to respond to emails, to check. So like a lot of my business, believe it or not, is done through social messaging. When you say social messaging, Doug, tell me, is that, tell me what that means. So um, as a, often they'll be my friend, like the owner of the business will be my friend on Facebook, send me a message um, and that will open up as our primary communication channel. And all the messaging that all the talks that we have will be, Primarily, if, if we don't hop on the phone, we'll be through social messaging, whether it's a Facebook message, you know, whatever social platform that we know, LinkedIn and Facebook mostly, though. Well, one good thing about social messaging is that you can do voice. You can do voice to, you know, record your voice and then it will play over or you can do a video and add link to the video. Or you can, what I often do is if I believe it merits it, we invite to a Zoom, right? Since Zoom has gained so much popularity and is in such wide use now. Um, I just invite them to a Zoom. For most of my clients, like once they, well, even before they become clients, I have a 15 minute conversation with them over Zoom to get, kind of get to know them and their business. Um, like prospecting calls, for instance, I always make sure to do a Zoom call because building relationships, it's the foundation of business. I say this over and over again and everybody that I talk to. Um, so that's how you establish that is if you can't meet in person, you should at least meet where you can see someone's facial expression, kind of read their body language, really build more of that know, like, and trust among each other. That is, that has expanded our world in the food side as well, Doug, because there were times where uh, I will give you an example and, and you can go from there. I had a meeting in Raleigh last week, sitting in the garage down uh, right next to the uh, meeting street, which was kind of funny that I had a meeting on in the meeting street garage because the, the manufacturer that I was working with was in Charleston. So we had a call with a client that normally would have taken, I don't even know how far away Raleigh is anymore, five hours there, five hours back, plus ta tax tag and title and rooms and drinks and eating. And, and we were able to get a 15 minute Zoom call where we jumped into it, we got high fives, we you know, go Gamecocks, go whatever else is up in Raleigh, that sort of a fun conversation. Are you finding that your online communication is, uh, allows you to, and I don't mean get more done because everybody wants to get more done, but do you find that it helps you be, it helps you achieve some clarity in your communication by communicating both in video like you and I are doing right now, uh, or maybe even in social messaging? Yes. Do you have instances that you have found to be more expedient 
or more quickly done because you could jump on a call with somebody like you're in our doing right now. Definitely. Um, it speeds up the sales process as well. It is amazing, amazing. Um, like technology, what has technology has done for marketing and sales because um, I'm able to reach out to somebody like if it was in Raleigh, contact them and we get on a Zoom 15 minutes later, maybe a deal's done, right? Whereas I'm not, like you had mentioned, I'm not driving to Raleigh to try and get a deal done. But if I could say this, I think, here's what, here's what I think, I'm going to equate this to email to a letter, right? So if you send a, a handwritten letter to somebody nowadays, it has much more importance than it did 20 years ago, right? Because you've taken the extra effort to do that where you didn't have to. The same thing could be said with an in-person meeting. Like if you really, like from a sales perspective, if you really want that sale, if you're willing to travel and meet that person face-to-face, -face, I think that adds weight, right? To you possibly landing that, that sale, so. Doug, when you are in the sales process, thinking of a, of a pipeline, which is a little bit like supply chain, it's almost like an information supply chain. When you need something that fits into that supply chain, do you find that your online communication helps to clear the way to getting the, what I need from you is a report on my numbers for the Google ads that we run, that we've run. The deliverable for that would be the report. Yeah, um, we often use the term deliverables. Uh, okay, so it is. It's both. It's both. You yeah. Call it a deliverable. Yeah. Sometimes I ask for assets, right? Like, um, okay. Like as far as if I need images, I need your 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 assets. I need what you have to that we can use to do what we need to do. Um, and then often I think when they're asking for something for us, I think it's more of a deliverable. When I'm asking for something from them, it's an asset. Uh, that's just, I don't know if everybody does it that way, but that's kind of my terminology that I use when I'm asking for them. I need their assets that I can use um, when they ask for me the deliverable to give to them. Uh, that's just my way. I, I can completely see the supply chain as a supply chain, as a series of, like you say, standard operating procedures, a series of steps where to do this, we need that. If then, mm -hmm. then we need that. When I do this, it triggers that for you do you do you do you see any correlation between the thought behind supply chain and your work online i do and then um like in shipping when you have a estimated shipping date right you have the same thing in online world like if i if i was to deliver a website you'd have an estimated delivery date of that website a lot of times often in shipping too you get a window right mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. the window is that you'll receive it within uh, three to four weeks, right? Or you'll receive it in, in it between June 12th and June 18th. The same thing could be said because we have in the, especially when it's a bigger project, like a website or something, we like to give more of a range um, rather not than a concrete one certain day, right? Because it's, it's so the end date would, would like in that scenario would have been June 18th, but it may become earlier than that. This is kind of our window. We could get it to you as early as June 12th depending, but we'd like to kind of have that leeway to June 18th to, to deliver it. Do you find that causes your online clients and, and collaborators to, uh, do, do they have to build windows into their work for your windows from your work? Yes and no. Um, okay. Some things can have more of a concrete date to them. Like um, I need, like if, if I'm asking for images from 
the restaurant. I'm fine if they give me a, a, a window, right? Or not necessarily a restaurant, but anybody that's delivering images for a website or something like that. Mm. Um, I'm fine with, we can deliver them to you sometime next week. I'd be fine with that window. And often that's what you get. Um, mm. But they, when they give me a concrete date, that, that's fine too. That thought being, you tell a client, regardless of whether it's a restaurant, you tell a client, we should be able to have your website done on July 1st. To do that, as far as you know, your deliverable would be July 1st. To do that, we have to have the photographs by June 15th. To have the photographs scheduled, we have to have the, the shoot by June 2nd because you have your photographer has time, your post, you know, your production person has to have time. The, your, you know, the person that's involved in, in the narrative for the entire uh, layout of the website has to have time. That's really where I was going. I'm forming, formulating in my mind a supply chain that I, I, I'm kind of starting to see really where it, it is no different than to, we had a recent, as an example, we had a, a recent incident that uh, a company needed uh, little half and halves for lack of a little coffee creamers. But because the supplier, could, they had the, the cups and they had the creamer, but they didn't have the little silver lids to go to put into the machine, to put them on there, to fill it. The supplier couldn't give it. Now, now that deliverable is not going to be on the 28th, but they were still saying, you told us it was going to be here on the 28th. That, that's really kind of where I was, I was trying to formulate the thought about the, the another person's deliverables, deliverables which would be to their customer that, that follow a path from you. Yes, very true. Because if, if the agency is not doing the photos, right, if, which often agencies don't, you hire an outside photographer to come and do the photos. And then if you have products or if you have food, in case of a restaurant, the chef has to, someone has to prepare that food if you're taking pictures of the food, right? So then you have Good the point. chef's timeline. Oh, video. Then if you throw video into the mix, then you have someone coming in to do video, which has editing and everything else so the so the that person's going to say i'll have the video edited by x date uh, done and edited and so yeah there, there's a lot of different elements that can go into the digital process um same thing can be said with ads right a lot of um okay. social media ads if you're running any those also require uh images and video a lot of times so you, that um the same thing as a website if you want to run ads there's a lot of creative that may go into that that postpones the date or you have to get by a certain date in order to run those in. So if, if we were to talk to a restaurateur or a group that needed digital asset for you to put together a website for them, how best would we, so if a restaurateur is listening right now, which I'm not because it's going to be out, is thinking like, so, it, so what I'm thinking is, Doug, tell me how a restaurateur who is busy trying to find butter and servers and and just hope as deliveries come in how can they best utilize a digital marketing agency to help them with their online presence well there's there's a lot of context needed here as far as this type of restaurant if, if we're talking about a but if you build it they don't come um, it's not the field <laughs> of dreams I, I, I reference that a lot um, just because you put a website online doesn't mean people are coming to your business because um, there's a lot uh, that goes into getting people either to your website or into your business. And that's done through ads um, with local businesses, especially restaurant SEO plays a big key um, role in that. And in a, in a competitive market, like 
um, I, you're down there in Charleston. Charleston's a very competitive market. So um, you have styles of restaurants competing for those top listings on SEO. So one, if that is so, so valuable, especially in a tourist location, if you can get on that first page of Google for your particular type of restaurant, it, it's huge. That's, so that's really one of the best things that a digital marketing agency can do for you. And there's actually agencies that out there that specialize in search and optimization. And that might even be the better way to go. Hire one agency to do your website and another one that specializes in SEO because you know that's their primary focus. Doug, it has been awesome catching up with you. I can't wait to talk to you again and maybe you can tell some of our stories of back in the early days of restaurants. Now that you are uh, like all amazing out into the digital world, and uh, I appreciate so much you helping me connect the, the physical supply chain into the digital world. Before we talk about that again, uh, you know, in, in the next week or so, how could somebody get in touch with you uh, if they wanted to discuss it further and maybe even do some business with you in the interim? Well, I do have a website, salesite.com um, as well, but the best way to reach me is I am on social all the time. Um, during normal business hours, nine to five, and even outside of business hours. Facebook is primarily, so if you go to uh, sales site, look up sales site on Facebook, you'll find us there. Um, we have some real, a lot of really cool things on there. I also have a podcast called Entrepreneur Journey, which uh, is broadcast uh, on that page as well. Um, and also LinkedIn. You can look for me on LinkedIn as well. Just look for Doug Greathouse. I think sales site is also on LinkedIn, but primary operating place is Facebook. Doug, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for, for, for visiting for a few minutes, and I'm sure we'll talk in the weeks coming. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, man. Doug, talk to you soon. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello. Welcome to the next episode of the Pizzeria and Enzo Show. Today is a catch-up episode on the digital supply chain with Dave. With Dave Lord. With Doug Greathouse. Doug and I are catching up after many years of being apart after he moved away from the low country. He is now the founder of salesite.com and we're just going to jump right into the conversation without introduction. Cheers. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to the next episode of the pizzeria and Enzo show. Today is a catch up episode on the digital supply chain with Dave with Dave. Lord. With Doug Greathouse, Doug and I are catching up after many years of being apart after he moved away from the low country. He is now the founder of salesite.com. And we're just going to jump right into the conversation without introduction. Cheers. And I hope you enjoy.